Welcome to the Underswell Podcast. News, stories, insights, product reviews, all to help you navigate the complexities of sustainability in your modern lifestyle. As I like to say, business can be done better, and in some cases it is. I'm Derek Sabori. I'm your host, and hey, it's just sustainability. Let's dive into today's episode. What's going on, everybody? Back with another episode. Today's topic third-party certifications, those certifications that you will see on textiles or your chocolate, your coffee, even your seafood. These are certifications that help us consumers uh, make better purchases and uh, give us some insight as to whether the product was made fairly, made in safe working conditions, or made in a more sustainable manner. I'm a big fan of having a third party come in and uh, assess a product or a brand and I was recently involved a lot of you know that I work with the company Volcom uh, have have for years I, I do some I'm lucky enough to do some consulting and advising work with them and recently we got to announce that Volcom just received an accreditation from the Fair Labor Association and uh, you can find that story over on CSR wire um, or uh, on other outlets Apparel News picked it up, but a really cool story, and it was a great opportunity to work with the team there, with the uh, the vice president of, of global supply chain, that's Big Tony, him and his uh, past team, which is the product and social safety team, have done a really great job building a compliance program that is, uh, I think, I think world-class and just continues to get better and stronger, but this this affiliation, I'm sorry, this accreditation took Volcom from being an affiliate brand, which they were for years, to now being voted in by the Fair Labor Association or the FLA as an accredited member. And this is cool. Volcom's been working on this since uh, 2014 or so. And like the article says here, the press release says it's a badge that sets it the brand apart and recognizes the commitment and diligence that has been put into their social compliance program over the last 12 years so really cool to be a part of it but having kind of just recently come off the the heels of that I saw this article that um, piqued my interest yeah I found it on greenbiz greenbiz.com it's by Madeline Cuff dated Monday May 7th 2018 and the the title is calling into question ethical sourcing certifications so I thought it was uh, it would be a good opportunity to read through this article and give some insights, add maybe some commentary, and just kind of hear what uh, what the story says. So uh, what I do here um, in these episodes, I go through the article, read most of the article to you, add some insights where I can, break things down, trying to make it a little more digestible, just in case you're not uh, up to speed on all the terminology in here, and then um, and then we can make some assessments. So let's dive in to the article here. It says, if you're reading this, chances are the last time you shopped for fish, you looked for the MSC label to tell you that the filet of tuna or packet of shrimps you were about to buy was sustainably sourced. And the MSC label, which I think they'll point out later in the article, is the Marine Stewardship Council. Just like you might see the um, FSC label on your paper products. That's the um, Forestry Stewardship Council. But um, this one is the the, um, the sustainable seafood one. 
Um, it says, or perhaps you deliberately choose to buy your new running shoes or gym kit from Adidas, knowing they are a member of the Better Cotton Initiative. And that Better Cotton Initiative has an acronym of BCI. You might hear about that while you are out uh, reading about sustainable fashion or other. It's sort of an alternative, if you will, to um, organic cotton, sort of a, a halfway in between point, and it's got its whole own program. You can learn more about that if you just Google Better Cotton Initiative. And so the article says, and so must be sourcing more sustainable cotton than other brands. Every day, thousands of environmentally conscious consumers try to make ethical buying choices to minimize their harm to the environment. It's becoming an increasingly popular habit. Sales of MSC certified products are growing rapidly, with spending hitting $1.03 million in 2016 and 17. That's up 29% on the previous year, while Christmas 2017 was touted as perhaps the, quote, most ethical on record thanks to soaring sales of ethically labeled goods. But what if those labeling and certification schemes that we rely on to guide us through the mall are actually helping to harm the environment? That's the claim made by the NGO Changing Markets Foundation, which released new research last week suggesting many certification schemes are so focused on signing up industry partners that they are accepting lower sustainability standards and providing cover for environmentally damaging corporate practices. So I'm going to stop right there. That's, um, that is not news to, to my ears for sure, and hopefully not to yours either. Let's go click on here and we'll see who Changing Markets Foundation is. Changing Markets Foundation is uh, their, their own organization. looks like a nonprofit. And it says that it was formed to accelerate and scale up solutions to sustainability cha challenges by leveraging the power of markets. They work in partnership with NGOs, other foundations, and research organizations, and they create and support campaigns that shift market share away from unsustainable products and companies and towards environmentally and socially beneficial solutions. So you can learn about them at uh, changingmarkets.org. Let's go back to the article here. So with a quote, it says certification schemes are failing the environment and consumers who increasingly want to make ethical and sustainable choices, argued Nusa Urbanchik, campaign's director at Changing Markets. Quote, it's time for a serious rethink about how, the, how we achieve sustainability because the current system is broken. The paper looked at some of the world's most successful certification schemes from product labels such as the Marine Stewardship Council, that's the MSC that we talked about earlier, which tags sustainably sourced fish, to industry-wide programs such as the HIG Index in the textiles industry. And I'll stop right there and explain that too. The HIG Index is a tool that the apparel industry is using, manufacturers, um, brands, facilities. It's a great um, self-assessment tool but they also have uh, verified assessors that can come in and verify the score for brands but they do sort of an internal audit on environmental practices there's a social tool but it's a great robust way to score your company's activities and um, commitments and, and policies in regards to environmental sustainability, social impact, not social impact, but compliance, how you're managing your chemicals, um, you know, what type of restricted substances list you have, etc. So if you see, um, or you can ask if your favorite brand is is assessing themselves on the HIG index, and if they are, that's cool. The neat thing about it too is when you 
fill out that assessment. It takes you uh, weeks to do it. Uh, it's kind of interdepartmental. But you receive a score, and it allows you to get a, you know shoot for a better score each year. But it also allows, once you post your module, it's sort of like a social media type thing. You sign up for an account. It's a paid account. You post your score, and then you connect with other brands or other facilities. Once you two accept each other, then you get to see each other's scores, kind of have this transparency um, effect where you get to review each other's strengths and weaknesses, learn from each other, um, push each other to get better better in certain areas. So it's a really... Uh, a really valuable tool and I think it's doing some really innovative things and really moving the fashion world and the apparel world along pretty quickly in the sustainable um, sustainability sector. So let's continue on. Across the three sectors analyzed, palm oil, fishing, and textiles, the report concluded certification has, quote, lost its way and was an ineffective strategy for driving positive environmental change. Palm oil, as you know, we've touched on it in previous podcasts, a really problematic raw material that is used in so many um, consumer products that we use, everything from cosmetics to cleaners to foods, and it has a really bad reputation, and I think deservedly so, because it's a really high-value crop because it's in such high demand, which means that a lot of times, and in many cases, clear-cutting is happening in... um, dense, you know, ecosystem rich and biodiverse rich areas. So you might clear cut uh, a tropical rainforest to make room for the palm oil trees so that the palm oil can be harvested quickly. And you're losing a lot of biodiversity, species loss, orangutans. Um, Their stories, there's an organization called Save Our Orangutans. I'm sorry, Sumatran Orangutan Society. That was funny. Um, the SOS, and actually I learned from doing a, um, helping to work on a film that Volcom did years ago with uh, Mark Mark Samuels, Samuels I believe, it was called um, the uh, the last orangutan, and I learned doing that that orangutan, which is what we say, is actually pronounced orangutan, and so it was funny to have to force ourselves to say orangutan almost unnaturally in the in the film. But it was really heartbreaking to see the story, the plight of some of these um, orangutans as they were losing their environment, uh, mostly to palm oil. So back to uh, where were we? So, for example, the article goes on. It claims no major palm oil certification scheme has provided, has proved effective at slowing down rates of deforestation, peatland draining, or biodiversity loss around the world. It criticizes the Roundtable for Sustainable Palm Oil, the RSPO scheme in particular, for allowing the conversion of secondary forests and the draining of peatland and claims it does not require greenhouse gas emissions reductions from members. In response, the RSPO said it welcomed independent reports to raise awareness of issues with its procedures and acknowledged that, quote, every system can be improved, end quote. Still, it stressed it is already working to address many issues highlighted in the report, and since 2004 it has protected millions of hectares of primary forest from deforestation. Meanwhile, in the, sea, um, in the seafood sector, fish stocks around the world continued to be depleted at an alarming rate, with nearly 90% of global fish stocks either fully fished or overfished. That's a big number, and this is uh, me interjecting here, but it says, with nearly 90% of global fish stocks either fully fished or overfished, um, 
and that the world continues, um, the, that the fish stock around the world continues to be depleted. It's scary. It goes on to say, worryingly, Changing Markets Foundation suggested that MSC and other major certification scheme, Friend of the Sea, which is FOS, both have certified fisheries which are overfished, had high levels of bycatch, and in some cases were at odds with national legislation. In response to the report's allegations, MSC Communications Officer James Simpson accused Changing Markets Foundation of, quote, cherry-picking, quote, end quote, critical research and making unvalidated criticisms about the MSC. And then the quote continues, In places, the report contradicts itself. In others, it is just plain wrong about the MSC, he said. Globally, stocks targeted by MSC certified fisheries show sustainable levels of stock biomass, and in many regions, stocks show higher biomass after MSC certification. Nearly all MSC certified fisheries are required to make an improvement as part of their certification, and 90% of those improvements are completed within five years of certification. If you want to make a difference every single day, then labels like the MSC are a very good place to start. End quote. And I'll interject right there because that's my hope and that's my belief because... Um, having just at least one more set of eyes, you know, there, there can be a lot of greenwashing that goes on by companies or brands. It just happens. Um, their ultimate goal often is to just sell the product. So if we can bring in somebody else who's sort of a watchdog for the fisheries, the fish stocks, or the forests, then I think this is good. So I'll continue here. FOS also insisted the report does not reflect its current standards and achievements. It quotes, as shown by independent assessments, the greatest majority of Friend of the Sea currently approved fisheries are not overexploited, a better performance compared to other standards. End quote. It insisted this in a statement. Quote, FOS is the most independent, transparent, accessible to small scale program available, and for this reason it has grown constantly over the past years to become the number one globally. And that was uh, quoted from the FOS. Finally, the report alleges that much of the textile sector still lacks transparency and causes serial industrial water pollution, despite the numerous certification initiatives that work across the industry. Popular initiatives such as the Hague Index, which helps measures and score textile companies' sustainability performance, is criticized by the report for a reliance on self-assessment, while the paper claims the Better Cotton Initiative, BCI, has driven more farmers to switch from organic cotton to GM cotton. That's genetically modified cotton, the uh, controversial um, GM, genetically modified cotton, as a result of its policy of allowing the use of chemicals and GM modified seeds. BCI said the report was, quote, factually inaccurate, end quote, and contains unsubstantiated claims and makes misleading ass assertions. Quote, BCI is a credible sustainability standard system that brings much-needed training to millions of farmers around the globe and demonstrates the positive results that these farmers are experiencing. The organization said this in a written statement. Quote, sustainability standards and certification are the most proven tool in the sustainability movement today. BCI is keen to consider opportunities to improve the way we work. However, this report does not open a constructive dialogue that can result in progress. End quote. The Sustainable Apparel Coalition, which runs the HIG Index, they're also known as the SAC, said that it wanted to make clear the index is not a certification scheme and it does not allow results to make environmental claims. 
And that's true. I know that um, firsthand from, from working with the HIG personally. Quote, we currently operate in a business-to-business context, and after three years of collecting data, we do see measurable year-over-year environmental improvement each year on our assessments at both the brand and facility level, CEO Jason Kibbe said. Overall, the report claims many schemes often fuel confusion for consumers, muddying the waters and preventing truly sustainable consumption choices. Quote, we argue that it can even cause active damage. It lowers the bar to certify higher product volumes and in many cases fails to enforce greater transparency, thereby providing cover for sustainable companies and practices. This is what Changing Markets Foundation wrote in the paper. And despite the, ve- the vehement responses from the certification bodies, which insist their work is of crucial environmental value, the Changing Markets Foundation is demanding reform. It wants to see the worst schemes abolished, arguing they only drive, quote, label shopping from the consumers that weakens the effectiveness of certification schemes in general. It also argues that schemes should cover the entire life cycle of a product rather than just part of a supply chain, and programs should stick to their original aims and not develop different requirements or modules to suit individual member companies. It also insists that schemes must be more selective in their membership and maintain higher entry requirements. It would be irresponsible to disregard the role of certification schemes on the basis of a single report. The practice undoubtedly has extended protected areas and provided a catalyst for sustainability improvements within thousands of corporations. But the paper does reach some worrying conclusions about the effectiveness of such industry industry schemes to affect positive change, especially in the light of overarching metrics that show levels of fishing and deforestation remain worryingly high. For consumers, it means yet more confusion over how to buy better products. But perhaps the report also could help usher in ambitious reforms to those labeling schemes that critics fear have lost their way. So the article goes on to say that the, um, that's the end of the article, by the way, it says this story first appeared on Business Green, um, Business Green, another uh, website to get your sustainability news from, but find them at businessgreen.com. So I don't know. What do you think? Um, I'm a little torn. I think the article probably brings up some good points. And just like these third-party certifications were meant to do, I appreciate pressure from outside groups when things, um, you know, if they're seeing that things definitely uh, or, or don't appear to be making the progress that they are supposed to be or that we expect from them. And I think back to, and maybe it's a different case, maybe it's not, but uh, Greenpeace, for example, you know, put a lot of pressure on different brands, especially in the apparel space, to calling them out for not paying much attention to, not seemingly uh, paying much attention to chemicals and and bringing to the consumer's awareness, to the public eye, the some of the toxic chemicals that were being used in the supply chain, which led to protest and stand-ins. And that pressure led to to brands really rising up and saying, you know what, we will uh, we will change, we'll get better. And I remember when Puma was one of the first companies to step up, and I think Greenpeace actually was calling out Nike and Adidas, telling them, hey guys, we challenge you to go toxic free, you know. Um, and Puma actually kind of came out, came around from the side and said, hey, 
We'll be the ones. We'll do it. We'll be toxic free by 2020. So you can follow that campaign on the detox campaign over at Greenpeace. Really good one. But this is a good article. I think it brings some things into perspective. And I think it's just up to all of us as consumers, customers to stay informed, go and learn about these certifications, look for some of these name brand ones. Um, it disheartens me a little bit to see the article calling out some of the brands, um, some of the third parties that, that I trust. So I think if anything, it just sort of um, stirs some thoughts and you know, we are always challenged to go out and do our due diligence, put pressure on our, our favorite brands, ask questions and shop better, you know, where we can. And when you can, um, there are brands that are out there doing things better and really making a push and a good effort. And I think it's important to support them and support the work they do and don't necessarily uh, attack them. But I think it's it's good to inquire and, and put a pressure on. But it's um, I, I, I give a, a tip of the hat to brands that are really doing things in a meaningful way. If they've got a great sustainability or a uh, you know compliance or safety program in place if it's robust and it's meaningful and it's thorough then they're doing a lot of work and it's a lot of hard work so i think we need to commend them and continuously uh, put pressure on them and let them know that we expect products that are that are better safer and made more fairly so that's it for today that's been another episode of the underswell podcast hopefully that added uh, a little bit of insight to the topic but go back and head over to the Green Biz article or the Business Green article to um, read more about it, uh, learn more about the author of the article. So thanks for tuning in. We'll have another episode here shortly. Stay tuned if you like these kind of things. And in the meanwhile, have a good day. For more stories like this or to learn more about the host, visit theunderswell.com.